up and I stay down with the same gang every day now. When the thing changed, but the way out is the layout, nigga. Big M's, nigga. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put the lights down, turn the bass up. One time for the pay cuts. And the price guy just squeeze the life out of shit. They try to break us. What's all the fussing about? We grew up with nothing, my nigga. We still here. That fake shit, we cutting it out. Money come, make sure the cougar dick fish. Welcome to a preview of a new show we have for you guys called Food for the Culture. Uh, you might as well know us from a preview, another show that we do as well. But uh, right now we're bringing you a brand new show. And it's kind of a preview before we bring it live to you guys on July 1st is the uh, opening date. I'm your host. Uh, oh, let me say a little bit about, about this show. This show will bring you socially relevant topics uh, as well as sports, pop culture, and dating. And we'll have uh, live comments as well during the actual show. So those of you who remember us from the previous show will love this show. And we're going to be unfiltered. Uh, anyone wants to be a guest, they can. If you have topic ideas, please give it to us. You know, we welcome it all. And of course, reach out to us on our uh, social media platforms. I am your host, Big Mike, a.k.a. Mamba Mike. Then we got my man over there working on his sound, my man Banks, but he is in the building. <laughs> and of course, um, the creator himself, uh, Mr. Josh Murray. Hi, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you save that drop for me? Did that job hold it? Which one? What about uh, the, the girl who, who, who agrees with me? The uh, it's Mike. Is it an audio format? Mike Bean. It's in the um, the one he posted in the um in the uh in the, in the chat. It was audio, right? Anyway, John, when you get a chance, send that send send that to Josh directly. That part we said um it's Mike. The girl when she said it's Mike or whatever. Huh? <laughs> I have to record it again. I don't think it's. I don't know if it's saved. It's still on a damn app. Anyway, yes. I want, oh, if it's still there, then I can send it. Yeah, yes, I want to have that drop for when I say something that's real good. <laughs> but um, anyway, on to our top. First of all, fellas, how you guys doing? It's been a been been a, been a little while and stuff. Feel good, man. This quarantine or whatever it is. Then, First of uh, all, are, are you actually quarantined? Because you'd be in New York, Atlanta, Orlando. What, what, what? <laughs> nah, nah. I mean, so it depends. <laughs> 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 it definitely depends. Um, but nah, but for the most part, I keep, I keep to myself. I went to New York the other day, though. New York is crazy. What, 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 what part? Uh, Brooklyn. And they were jet skiing in the water. What? They rented like I don't know. There was like a group of people, and they were jet skiing in the water. It was like a class, and they were literally jet skiing. And there was like a ton of people at the park. Some people were masked, some people not masked. People were drinking, playing music. There was like a little rush. Like they had like the curbside pickup, and then they had the six feet social distancing signs. But the lines were like crazy long. People trying to order food. So I'm like, what the hell is the point of having social distancing and all these signs? And there's all these people out here and nobody's doing any of it. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, that's, 
that seems to be everywhere. But uh, I don't want to get too much COVID talk. We're trying to keep this a COVID-free show. So <laughs> let's go on to what's more pressing right now is this uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. We haven't really had a chance to touch on that, us three. So uh, what do you think about the state of the protests and the entire movement right now, uh, John? Um, what would I say? My thing with Black Lives Matter, I think it's good based off of the ideal of positioning the feeling of like, uh, yes, of course, Black Lives Matter. Yes, of course, uh, the idea and the process of being Black needs to be presented out to the masses because a lot of people tend to look past us, right? Mm-hmm. But I think with Black Lives Matter, if you look at the person who owns it and then the two people who run it and then the the things and the agendas that they abide by, it's like what changes are they actually doing for us to progressively get out there in comparison to other organizations that aggressively done things for their people? Uh, For instance, uh, was it LGBTQ+, all the things they have done recently, especially with all the laws that they pass, uh, even when it comes to org, the, even right now during the Black Lives Matter thing, right? You see these organizations where they put their little the black sign or uh, remembering, and then some organizations closing on Juneteenth or whatever, right? But you still see the pride symbols overseeding, like, oh, this is gonna be a whole month of this and that, and we're gonna um, get discounts to this, and, and then it's like the two people who run Black Lives Matter or who are the face are two lesbian women, right? And they are more focused on that agenda as opposed to the Black agenda. So it's like if you are really positioning yourself to be for Black people and putting this out there to get more attention and notoriety, why aren't we getting these major moves like these other organizations out there? So... It's like the idea of Black Lives Matter is great, but the actuality of it, it's like, what is it actually doing other than giving us, you know, hashtags and putting us on social media and having something to say? But, you know, that's my thought process, but nobody really looks into it. What about the actual protests themselves and stuff like that? The protests? I think think the protests are good. Um, I think it's definitely... Uh, giving traction to what's going on, causing more and more people to be more aware, especially white people, because now they're forced to can come out of their shadows and uh, to an extent view what's going on. And they can't really ignore it because now it's on everyday news. So it's just like, why are these people, why are these people complaining? What is going on? Like, why do they hate cops? And then you see people put on these videos like, oh, cops need, need a hug too and all this other stuff. But the whole reason for this is because of what the cops are doing to black people. They're not just doing this just to do it. Right. Yeah, that's, that's true. We'll talk about that a little more. So what about you as far as state of the protests and the whole movement, Josh? Well, again, I'll, I'll just refrain from saying, you know, the, the hashtag simply because it was already verified that it's, going to the president's president uh candidate joe biden's campaign you know unbeknownst to everyone else so i'm not even going to say it anymore i'm not giving any more traction but uh yeah it's a great great disrupt uh disruption and i think uh 
it has inspired people like Kyrie and possibly LeBron, you know, to not want to play. So that's going to be their their own protest, you know, using their platforms yeah. to protest. Yeah, we'll get to that. So, yeah, I guess without the, the actual name, I guess it's about the whole overall movement to increase the awareness of what's going on um, and, um, you know, as far as society is concerned against black people, um, systemic racism, stuff like that, I guess. Oh, yeah. Um, if anything, it's definitely um, been uh, in the forefront to shine a light on it. Some people still might not be changing. Some people might be changing, but it's definitely at least come out more so than it did before. So I think. Um, yeah, that's you know. true. I guess I, I said this point on my Creative Gourd show last night with Mikhail and Darren Smith. So shout out to them. I still think it might. We might be one news major news cycle away that's authentically unavoidable and it'll lose the momentum kind of like after Katrina happened. And then there was another news cycle and people forgot about Katrina. Well, not again, not everyone, but let's say the, the majority of the nation's eyes based upon how mass media works. Right. So I honestly think we possibly be, could be one unavoidable news cycle away. And then once it, once we're like, Oh, this stuff still matters. They're not going to keep the same energy. The energy is definitely not going to be the same. Well, yeah, that goes to a later point. We'll have the Kyrie thing. But, um, yeah, I, I agree with you because, look, the, this stuff happened and literally coronavirus went to the back burner, which was at the forefront every day for months. Right. And it literally went to the back burner. Um, and then, uh, you know, I agree with you in a sense because it's almost like the perfect storm. Right. We all were not. Well, we were working. You know what I'm saying? Like most people were not working. There's no sports. There's no movies. There's no clubs. You had no choice but to watch this movement happening because nothing else you can literally do, you know, in, in your life. Um, where a lot of uh, and I asked this question, you know, what a lot of those people who were out there protesting, would they have risked their jobs if they were working? You know, what I mean, if the job said you got to come in, you can't be outside. You know oh, what I'm saying? That's or, a great point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, or, or things of that nature. So I, I hope it doesn't happen. But I fear that you're right. We're one news cycle away from some of the momentum definitely, you know, going away. Because, you know, this ain't the first time we've seen stuff on film. This ain't the first time we've seen, uh, you know, cops uh, brutalizing us. First time we've seen racism. You know what I mean? They rioted in 1992 for Rodney King. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Which was also on film and stuff like that. And then what happened? You know, we got over it or, you know, or whatever. They uh, brought sports back and the distractions came back. It, it all came back, you know what I'm saying? So that's, um, I, it, it's a perfect storm because of where we were at in, in life. And, and it was, you know, what else people don't, don't also touch on? And it was, uh, you know, like summertime. So, you know, people were like out, like if it was wintertime, would they have the same energy? You know what I'm saying? So it's always a, a different, um, a different scenario. But moving forth, someone who has been, who surprised us last week, um, dealing with this and i guess you would call it a comic special but it it really wasn't um a comical i guess but dave Chappelle, his surprise special like what were your thoughts on that did you watch it by the way or? yeah i did kg sent that to me so shout out to kg because i had no idea it would be on youtube so i thought that was very clever by excuse me on by clever by netflix to put it on youtube so i thought that was pretty cool and that shows that they felt it was that important and we see the CEO, 
donating a hundred what hundred twenty million dollars to HBCUs. I do see that, yeah. And then apparently none of the uh, billionaire boys club rappers donated anything, but they could be doing things out, you know, behind the scenes that no one actually sees. So I'm not gonna follow that narrative, but that that is the headline nonetheless. Yeah. One thing about this money, though, I mean, that is a good specific place. But even like um, with the NFL money, Michael Jordan's money, some of these other uh, entities, you know, white entities giving money like we need to be able to trace these dollars. What are they actually being used for to uplift the black you know, culture and whatnot? You know, if the NFL is giving 25 million a year for 10 years, what exactly is the 25 million being used for? That's a, that's a great point, Mike. And I think that's a question to bring up once a month, if not every quarter. I agree. I agree. A hundred, a hundred percent. Cause you can, you can make a large donation. That sounds good, but what is it going to, you know what I'm saying? And we don't uh, want it to John, end up like act blue, right? Where uh black lives matter donations. Uh, I said it, my bad. Or those donations go to a presidential campaign and it's verified. Right. Hey John, we're talking about the Dave Chappelle surprise comedy special. What, did you watch it? What did you, what'd you think about it? Of course, I watched it. The minute I got the link, I had to go watch it. I thought it was genius because with Dave Chappelle being, you know, Dave Chappelle, even though Dave Chappelle is definitely black and pro-black and probably one of the most educated black performers, low key in the industry with what his with his mother and his father and very well educated that a lot of people look past because of his jokes. But with him being so black, he's also more um, acceptable to other races because of the content he's presented to the masses, especially with his show, hence uh, Chappelle show on mm-hmm. Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. So with him talking, he's bringing even more awareness to the subject matter of what's going on and the things that he used to position um, the points, like tying things with his own life and instances that happened to him and putting it out there saying like, this happened to me, but then the guy the next day, he wasn't so lucky. People are going to retain that information more because they're, they're a superstar, they're a hero, they're a person that they're going, that they thought, I guess to an extent thought this was going to be some sort of comedic uh, expose or whatever, but it was really just some sort of, uh, I need to speak out against what's going on. And I need to speak my truths and we, we can't just ignore what's going on. Like these are real things. And I think with how Chappelle did that, it just made it, more it gave more volume to what he um had to present to the cases of what's currently going on and at also another trophy to you know what we're dealing with what a lot of people tend to look past on yeah i agree i mean i i enjoy i watched it though i, I enjoyed every minute of it you know i think he's you know if you go back to his Chappelle show even though it was funny it was a woke show then like he was talking about things that people weren't talking about then, you know, which made it sort of controversial in 2003, 2004. But, um, you know, and even a lot of the artists he had on there, he didn't have like mainstream guys. He would have like Talib Kweli and, you know, Common and stuff like that or whatever. Like he was always, 
Kanye, early Kanye, like before, you know, before before Yeezy Kanye. You know, it's like it's like pre Yeezy and post Yeezy. It's like like the story he has of him is hilarious too. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, um, and all these guys and 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 stuff. So, um, I mean, you remember his first sketch was you know about the uh, the black white supremacist, right? So that was already. (laughs) I'm going to call controversial, all of it, you know, at, at the same time and whatnot. So I've always respected and liked Chappelle and and what he did. He had a smart comic, like you said. And I think that um, it, it was what we kind of, it, it was a perfect timing, I thought, and what, um, you know, what was needed at that moment. You know, it's crazy because his special, to me, served more of a purpose than some of those, like, even like the verses, right, what they had with Kirk Franklin and, um what is his name? Uh, Fred Hammond and whatnot. And uh, I know that was a Sunday and I could see whatever going with it, but I just didn't feel like, you know, that's not what the people really wanted at that moment and stuff like that. Where like uh, Chappelle, you know, I felt like what his words, you know, definitely, like you said, it stayed with you and stuff like that. So that's uh, my opinion. And John, you were talking a little earlier about um, some people with Juneteenth and apparently Target has made Juneteenth a paid holiday for all of its employees. Um, it's actually more of a two-part question, I guess. Um, do you think that's just a response because they were the first ones who were targeted in the protests? And do you think all companies should do that as well? I mean, even if it was a response of what happened, applaud it. Why not? Because in the past, this 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 particular day, was looked passed on, and it was not really talked upon, talked out in the masses. So, I I think regardless of what, if it was for selfish selfish reasons, or it was just this to pull the meat to pull more positive attention to the brand or whatever it is, I still think it's a win because now they make it, they give it some sort of consideration. And then you see other companies uh, following suit, regardless if they're giving paid holiday or if they're um, closing early or they're just closing in general. Um, I think that's a big win for the community. And I would like to see more of it. And even with um, like with the clips that Josh sent with uh, with Pharrell speaking, making Juneteenth a, a, a holiday, a national holiday in Virginia. And then like Santander Bank. Um, closing at 12 to um, all lines of business in respect to Juneteenth. And then you were targeting everything like that. And then some other companies uh, choosing to, you know, the current events and bring more more to, uh, you know, to the things that we, going back to just the things that tend to look, that, they look past upon. They look past on in the past. So I like I like the uh, the positive the positive transition. So let me ask you something, Josh. Even though this is positive transitions, um, what what they're doing, which is great. Do you feel like Target doing that? Aunt your mama dropping the uh, the logo and Uncle Ben and stuff like that. Do you feel like these are necessary or these are just like um, kind of like uh, you know, like uh, giving us little, little little carrots to grasp at, like, you know, here's something for you. Or do you feel like, you know, you're happy about it? So. Right. I mean, I was joking with John. I, I was saying that I think the Popeye's lady might be next. 
<laughs> okay, so is it a good thing or do you feel like they just don't want it to appease us though? Or is it or, or it's okay if they appease us? Both. Okay. Because as of right now, I mean, I don't think it's fair to assume negativity. At the same time, I don't think it's appropriate to be naive. So it's really everyone, it, we need everyone's A game paying attention. But in the meantime, we need to focus on ourselves, right? So things right. like black on black crime is henceforth disbanded throughout the land. Like if you don't see the significance now, then I, I really don't know what else to say. Yeah, which I want to get to some of that a little bit later too, actually. So um, I, I agree with John. I, I do think Juneteenth is very significant and maybe should become a national, well, not maybe, it should become a national holiday. It's funny because I have an actual friend and he had been seeing this, of course, for the last week all over social media. And he had to Google. He was like, I didn't know what they were talking. I thought they were spelling it wrong. He was Eesh. like, I didn't know what Juneteenth was and whatnot. And, um, and it's funny because I went to high school with this friend. So I said to him, I said, I went to the same high school you did, bro. So I know you didn't learn this. So I'm happy you're learning it now and whatnot. But I feel like some of these things um, in black history, black culture should be taught more in school rather than just February, right? Because, you know, I, I, it's cool to learn about like the Mayan civilization or the Great Wall of China, but it doesn't affect us in our everyday life. So why not spend more time learning things about our culture and what we've been through and how we can make it better that would affect us, you know what I mean, than some of the other stuff they teach for history class, I guess, is uh, is uh, is what I got to say. Or should we follow Dr. Umar's approach and we should put that in our capable our own capable hands it's food for thought i mean it's both i mean you should it should be taught at home too but i mean there's enough there's enough there's enough meat on the bone i guess to trim some off um as far as the other things they teach that i think aren't really relevant in everyday life like how many times in your life have you had a conversation about the great wall of china right <laughs> but but you hear about Juneteenth every year so it's like it's like know your audience, right? You're teaching urban, like especially if you're teaching urban kids in an urban area. You know what I mean? Like you could even, I mean, history is history, right? So you could even change the curriculum to to to, to where you're teaching it in certain aspects. You know what I mean? Like yeah, uh, you know. So if the uh, certain kids in some suburban areas don't want to hear about Juneteenth, fine, teach them about the Mayans or whatever you want to teach them about or whatever. But maybe have the parents voting at the beginning of the year. There's got to be a way that we can get more of that in, in the curriculum, something like that. That's just <laughs> my opinion. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Um, and uh, one sad thing, uh, the latest shooting of uh, Sharp Brooks in Atlanta, apparently the cops have now been charged with, uh, with homicide. What were your thoughts on that, John? Um, I thought it was good that they, they put that in the limelight. Um, but what I will say is we can't really use that as a, uh, a win until there's a conviction, right? Um, you see this all the time where they may put point this out or put, put charges, but the reality of them, of it being a conviction is somewhat slim and i think if they actually do something to him you know um, like putting him in jail for life or taking away his pension in or even if he doesn't go to jail like if you just fire him and take away his pension you know take away like 
the fruits of the labor that a lot of these people uh, in blue tend to get and look past on just because of what they do in their so-called union or whatever. Um, I think that would also be a win, even if he doesn't get jail time. I think just, you know, hurting him just to, so it's a constant reminder of what you did. Because at the end of the day, even if, you know, how some people may say like, oh, he needs the death penalty and all that. And people are so rushed to the ideals of killing someone. But if you kill someone, if you think that's like the ultimate gratification, because that's what they want to do anyway, because they want to get rid of, they want to escape the realities, right? But I think if you take something away from them that they could see on a consistent basis, it gives them something to learn, as opposed to just giving them that quick instant gratification and just doing that. So I think we need to push more on taking away um, particular benefits and also, uh, or even just giving a longer, a longer sentence and actually sticking to it. When you first watched the video, Josh, um, did you, because uh, it, I've talked to some people who felt like, you know, in this particular instance, the guy was 90% of it, he was wrong, right, Mr. Brooks? Not saying I agree with that. But Wait, who was wrong? To to. Uh, Brooks, as far as um, fighting back, taking the taser, uh, sh- trying to shoot the cop with the taser, stuff like that. Uh, not saying I felt that way. But up, up if, you, if you stop the video at that point, right, if you just say, like, uh, at the point where he shot the taser and there's no more video, that he looks like the worst, you know, criminal ever, right? So when you watched the video, what, what, what were your thoughts? Again, context. And someone said this on social media. So I forget, I apologize, I forget who said it, but they were factually correct, especially speaking as an attorney's son, right? So he's clearly in a drunken state. He's being very candid and transparent with the police officer. I still don't see how it's a DUI, considering he wasn't driven. He was dropped off there. And he consciously chose, let me sleep in my car as opposed to driving. So he did his civic duty, number one. Number two, again, he was being, he was literally bearing a soul. Like, listen, this happened, that happened. I made this decision. This is why I'm, this is what specifically brought me here. You came over to inquire while I was in the Wendy's parking lot sleeping. I literally gave you all the information you needed to know for the right context. But again, Apparently, this officer followed their training and they escalated the situation as opposed to de-escalate it. So obviously, when I first saw it, I only saw the end part. Right. But when I see the first part, I'm like, wait a minute. There's no way this situation can lead there unless someone consciously brings it to that position. And again, that's to me, that's the only issue that's really worth talking about, because, again, de-escalate. I. And throughout the whole time, I'm like, how can this energy result in bullets? Just don't understand. Yeah, I agree. Context, I'm big on context. Like, everything is just not black and white, right? So, um, yeah, that whole thing. I, I don't know if it's a law. You might not know. But if you're actually in the driver's seat, could they still kind of say you were, you know, uh driving drunk? Or if it's something about the car being on? I know it's something like that. Either okay. car's running or in the driver's seat i'm not sure but either way it shouldn't escalate and anyone dying you know what i mean at at the at the at at, at the very you know least 
um, you know, at that. So I mean, um, okay, can I can I can I also say someone else also said this online. I forget who it is. I apologize once again. Probably the same person who said that, but they also said it was like, yo, if it was a let's say if it was a Caucasian person, right? They would have probably took the person home. I agree. Yeah, that's that's. The and truth. again, if you're here to protect and serve, why aren't you doing things like that? Like you, you literally could have saved a life, multiple lives. Yeah, and they offered to walk home. Exactly. That, so exactly. So again, oh no, we're going to transport you in this police vehicle under, you know, under lock and key. Like, nah, there are so many different directions that should have gone. It just shouldn't have gone that direction. Yeah, I don't know why they shoot to kill all the time i think that's a uh a bad situation but to john's point the conviction is the key i think um you know even with the minneapolis mr uh derek chauvin same thing like the the uh the uh conviction is the key but we got to realize that the legal system it, it you, you don't get convicted tomorrow okay so we got to can i can i say something host please john please sure, ju- yeah. please jump in here if you you agree at all but do you honestly does, when you look at the photos, does it honestly look like the person at the scene of the crime is the same person in the mugshots? Of which one? Which <laughs> Floyd? George Floyd or Rashad Brooks? Floyd. Derek. Uh, no, it looks a little different to me. Because I'll be, I'll be completely honest, because I, I, like, it was one of those things like, oh, that clearly that could never be, right? But then, you know, Josh with his imagination. So let me honestly, <laughs> let me give it an honest try and look. So when you look at it, the dude who's on dude's neck, monster, obviously. You can see it in his eyes. But at the same time, you can see he's, he, he's a person who has experienced a, a woman, let's say. The, yes. dude in the, the dude in the mugshot, he looked like a virgin. You ain't, you ain't never getting no cheeks, my bro. You're not the same person. <laughs> they could have definitely put, 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 pulled the okie doke. I agree with that. But here's the deal. Just like going back, people got to remember why the L.A. riot started. It's because the cops had been arrested with a video and they all four of them got off. Right. So if these particular police, especially in George Flores case, if he gets found not guilty or any of them get found not guilty, you think these protests were bad last week? It'll be even worse. You know, I, I, I guarantee it because. You know, the, the evidence is staggering, you know, in that situation. Um, and I said this before, like the L.A. riots, I mean, uh, the Rodney King verdict is what led to us as black people being happy when O.J. got off for a crime we know he committed. Right. Because we were like, listen, he owe us one. So that's kind of, you know, what happened in that in that situation. So um, for Mr. Brooks and, you know, uh, my condolences to his family, of course, you know, goes out. and hope, I mean. I don't know. You know, George Floyd happened two weeks ago, but yet they're still happening. So what is the solution? Is it more training? Is it, I don't know what it is, you know, in that situation.